the message today at the end of service, you're also going to see a promo video for what's going to happen next week, and, and I'm stoked about that as well. Uh, we've built our life. How many? There's people that are out there that build their life on something that they think God said or that somebody repeated, and we're going to do a series called God Never Said That. And uh, we're going to show you about the things that God said. Well, anyway, we'll get with that in the next week, so it's going to be great. You're going to see the video here towards the end of the service. But we're going to wrap this thing up. Small things, big difference. And today's going to be a good day. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is all good. This is going to be the clue that's going to help us figure out how to succeed. We've been talking about a key thought. We've went over and over again for every week in the past three. And our thoughts have the power and the potential to thrust us forward towards what we're thinking about most, towards success. If, we're, if we don't think about success or we don't think about just doing it God's way, we end up going that way. If we're just always down and depressed and that's all we think about, we tend to live our life that way. We look at others and they, we see them having these great big results and we ask what are the big things they're doing to get that kind of results and this is the key thought that we've been doing. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants and in the first week I, I asked you I challenged you for one word one word that would direct the rest of your year that you would go Yes, this is the word for me Many of you picked a word some of you put it on facebook and you know, this is my word Then in, we talked about the power of our thoughts in week two and again how they guide us and lead us in different directions week three um, We're talking about the power of our words what we say And if you remember we put at the end that little tagline and that's the way I want it How many of you how many remember that? Good, you know, because I've had to, I caught myself on that, and if I didn't catch me, she did. So, you know, if I said something wrong, and that's the way you want it. So then I'd have to retract it or break it and go, no, that's not the way I want it, and then I would restate it. So we've talked about that. Today we're going to talk about our actions, our habits, which ultimately form our destiny. So we might even say our disciplines. What are your daily disciplines? What do you do? Over and over again. How many in here, if I would ask you, who's very highly disciplined, raise your hand. Look, there's not a hand going up. Or I, can say, I, I, I see the one hand in the back, yes. That would be me. <laughs> Maybe you could say this, not so much, but I'm trying. So I'm going to help us out here. I, I bet you're more disciplined than you think. It's just the disciplines that you're doing aren't getting you any results. Or sometimes in the wrong way. So I had to make some changes. Still need to make some. And I'm working on making changes. But we're all disciplined in ways. Many of us have become disciplined in bad habits. Just, just bad habits. The things we do time and time again takes us nowhere. We just continually go over the same thing. And we wonder why it doesn't change. Here's an example of what I mean. Somebody says, Brett, I'm not disciplined at all. I'm overweight. I love to sleep. And all I do is play video games. So let's look at that light bulb They could say I am disciplined. I'm a i'm very good at hitting the snooze button I can hit that seven eight times in a day I'm good with my fingers both of them And i've never missed a meal in my life praise god. I am disciplined We are disciplined in some ways we just don't all have the right disciplines so I want you to write this down if you want to be disciplined in the right ways. So I had to ask myself, okay, what what is discipline? Now this isn't Webster's but i'm going to show you what this this and I think you're going to agree Discipline is simply choosing between what we want now And what we want most 
Discipline is simply choosing between what we want now and what we want most. We've all been to the grocery store with the little boy or the little girl in the grocery cart. You know why they put all the candy at the checkout. You know that. I want it, I want it, I want it. Wow, I want a candy bar. And, you know, if you're behind that kid, you're, you're just like, oh. My wife would, if our kids did that, We'd already established the discipline. Well, what she would do is she, you know, we'd say no and and no. And if they carried on, she would push the cart off to the side, take the kid, tell the cashier, I'll be back. Oh, your party was just now starting because <laughs> she was going to. And she'd come back, set him back in the cart, put the cart back in line. That kid didn't say anything then. I would do the same thing. But, you know, again, Discipline is simply choosing between what we want now and what we want most. All of us are successful in some area of our life. If we have a good marriage, uh, it didn't happen without discipline. You do, maybe you do devotions together. You talk together. You pray together. Spend time together. Maybe you make time to get away together. Uh, you're thoughtful towards each other. You, know, you leave each other notes. You give each other coffee. You make something for each other. Hey, let me get this for you. Um, if you're successful financially, then you, you know, that didn't just happen. You're living beneath your means. You tithe, you're generous, you invest wisely. These are disciplines. The opposite is true as well. If, If you have an area that you're not succeeding in, then we have some discipline issues. Uh, maybe not the right ones, but we've got some that we might need to change. That would be, you know, things that I've had to change as well. We can be inconsistent in the right disciplines. You know, you can say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to finally work out this year and I'm going to get up and I'm going to get up at three in the morning. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Three. Sometimes our expectations or some of the things we put on ourselves are not realistic. I don't know anybody that wants to get up at three in the morning and, and work out. I really don't. I don't even think Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. I'm just saying. But say if you're going to get up early and you start out, how many have started out? This is great. I'm going to start out and you start out the first day and then you realize your muscles get sore. And the second day, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get up. I'm up. Oh, man. And then the third day, you're like, oh, I can't even hardly lift my arm. And so you don't work out that day. And the fourth day, you know what? I didn't work out yesterday. I can't really get into that other one. I'll wait till, that's what I'll do. I'll wait till Monday till the soreness goes away. Then Monday comes, and it's the same scenario, or it never happens. And so then we just, uh, we, we get out of that. Um, how about uh, disciplined in eating? Monday, you do so good. You know, I'm going to start my diet today. We're going to do this great on Monday. Then Tuesday, the golden arches are calling your name. And the only words out of your mouth are these three. Supersize it, please. You just want to, you know, have you ever go through McDonald's and they'll say, would you like to get two apple pies for a dollar? No. <laughs> <laughs> i love that discipline (laughs) throw them in there baby (laughs) you know and and sometimes you don't even you know you know now is this not true when you go if you're trying to be disciplined you're going in the drive-thru and this is what you're saying grilled chicken salad in the water grilled chicken salad in the water i'm going to get a grilled chicken salad in the water get a grilled chicken salad in the water hi can i help you i want a big mac four quarter pounders and can you dip the bag in chocolate because we, you know, that isn't our mindset. You want apple pies? I didn't ask for apple pies. I know that, sir, but they're on special too for a dollar. The kids will love them. Go ahead, throw those in. 
Being consistent is the key. The right disciplines or even the wrong ones, results come from both. So we're going to get results from both, good or bad. Paul wrote in the New Testament, he had some struggles. Romans 7, 15 and 16 says this. Now, again, I'm going to read you the New Living. I've got the New King James behind me, so I want you just to see the contrast. This is what he says. I don't really understand myself. For what I want to do, what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. Now, that's seven, Romans 7, 15 and 16. We want the salad. But I'm saying I think Jesus would eat a double quarter pounder. That thing is just good. We understand how this. Look at 18 and 20. Especially if you dip the bag in chocolate. That would be awesome. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. But I, if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. Now, this is where the phrase Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. That's probably where that came from. Because people will take that, and they need to read more of Romans than just stopping right there. Because people will use that and say, it's not me. It's my sinful nature that eats the quarter pounders. <laughs> Our flesh pulls us away from what God wants. Our sin nature wants us to do what's wrong rather than what is right. We want to do what's right, but our sin nature lures us away from God and tempts us to do what is wrong. Verse 24, here's what, this is awesome. You need to look at verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Have you ever been beat up by the enemy? Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Here it comes. Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. You see, the answer is not a principle. The answer is not a formula. The answer is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ that comes and lives inside of you. Somebody say hallelujah. All right. Now, in chapter 8, if you read on, and we're not going to go there, but I I want you to understand. In chapter 8, Paul goes on to tell us that Jesus has given us the power to break that old sin habit and so that it won't condemn you. Jesus and his Holy Spirit controls us now. If you will yield to him. How many, turn to your neighbor and say, we have choices. I told you my word for this whole series was together. My scripture was Joshua 1, 5, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. My statement was, I will walk with God, not ahead of him. And you can see why. I, we talked about that just a minute ago. God with me is so much stronger compared to God behind me. Because I'm, a, I'm ahead of him or I'm trying to walk ahead. How many know what I'm saying? So we need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I need to have God with me. I need to be able to walk with God. I need to be able to, not in front of him and not, be, I want him, I want to be with him. I want to be right at his feet. Teach me what you need me to know. Help me with my disciplines. It's not because I'm strong and disciplined on my own. On my own, I'm weak. But his spirit in me, I'm strong. There is a difference. It empowers. It's, it's almost like that is that, that one song. It's the wind beneath my wings. That's his spirit that blows and gives you strength. You know, I've tried to do it on my own. It just doesn't work real well. But see, by God, now I get to choose what I want most 
over what I want now. What I want most over what I want now. God is my filter. He helps me decide, this is good for you. Leave this behind. Remember I said last week, what you starve dies. What you feed grows. What I want most over what I want now. I can be the kid in the cart. I want a sticker bar. I want it right now. And we have seen the parents take the snicker bar, shut up, we're going to go to the car. And you're, and you're thinking just what I'm thinking. Oh, you shouldn't have did that. We can scream and we can cry. We can, we can carry fits. We can have tantrums. God's trying to get you to say, if you'll listen to his spirit, you can have the best life ever if we listen. Because there's going to be all kinds of things that the enemy will say, just settle, just take this now, take this now. But what do you want most? What's best for you? You can settle. Or you can say, you know what, Lord, you know what's best. I'm going to discipline to get what's best instead of just satisfy what I think I have to have now. God is my filter. Today is Freedom Day. If you're like me, sometimes you might have been trying all the time. I'm trying to do this on my own. And God is saying, you never could do it on your own. You need me. So today's your day. You'll never be self-disciplined to the extent of great success without God. Yourself is bent towards sin, but if you allow God's spirit to take over inside of you. And I'm telling you, this isn't just any spirit. This isn't a spirit you can bottle or buy. This is the spirit that is God's breathe, this God inside of you. It's the same spirit. That raised Christ from the grave. The very same spirit that turned the water into wine. The very same spirit that healed the woman with the issue of blood. The very same spirit that raised the dead. The very same spirit that parted the Red Sea. The very same spirit that supplied the loaves and the fish to feed thousands. The same spirit filled the jars of oil. The same spirit opened blind eyes. The same spirit opened deaf ears. The same spirit made the lame to walk. This is the spirit of God that wants to reside in you and says, I can help you. It's Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. You can be spirit disciplined to do what you need to do by the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Choose what you want most over what we want now. Train your bodies to be disciplined in what we know matters most. So how do we do it? 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25 says this. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. All athletes are disciplined. Here's our first point for this morning. Put God first in everything you do. <coughs> Excuse me. Put God first in everything you do. You are running to win, not running to place. I'll say that one more time. You're running to win, not running to place. You're running to maximize the call of God in your life. This is real to you. You see, you know, Kim knows... I. She, I was a jock, so she, she married me, and when we play sports, if we're playing at church, some of you have known, I've killed about three or four cell phones playing sports at our church, because I'll have them on my side, and we were playing volleyball, if we're going to keep score, I'm in. You're keeping score, let's win. If we're just messing around, then I'll be goofy, and I'm fine, and we don't have to worry about score, but you want to keep score, oh, I have dove, crushed my cell phone, crushed my day planner, crushed, you know, just like, 
you know, I guess I need to be disciplined to take those off first. But anyway, you are in it to win it. You don't want the bronze. You don't want the silver. You want the gold. You're running to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. You might say, Brett, you're going a little overboard. Listen to me. Part of the reason you're not experiencing the things you want is because you're, you're just, I'm okay with mediocre. No, you're not. God has more plans for you than that. You can, if you could win with God, why don't you win? Why won't we invest in him and say, God, let me, let me finally conquer this? Would that not make sense? If you could know that if with God all things are possible to him that believe, let's do that. Instead of saying, you know what, hey, you know what, so hey, what's a C? It's okay. Well, some people just want to slide under the door of heaven. Okay, I get that, I understand, but you know what? If you could enjoy life to the fullest, why do you want to slide under the door? Let's just say, God, I want everything that you have for me. I want to live a successful life. I want to bless as many people for your kingdom as I can. All athletes are disciplined for their training. Back in the day, they had athletes that were chosen back in the, in the Bible times, kind of like the Olympic Games today, and for 10 months they'd train for the competition. They'd go to the gym. They'd watch their diet. They would be exposed to elements just so that their body would just, you know, they, would, they could endure almost anything to perform at any condition. The last part of verse 25 says, we run for a prize that will never fade away. It's eternal. You know what their prize was? Their prize was like, you know, bragging rights and a wreath of leaves. Oh, boy. Woo. Yeah, how wonderful. Ours is much more rewarding. Ours is to make Jesus known to those around us. That's why True Life Church exists, to make Jesus known to those around us. We have a secret weapon. It's not just self-discipline. The people here are going to be spirit-disciplined. They're going to allow Jesus to come in and let himself live large and in charge with Jesus Christ. 26 and 27, of that chapter says, I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. You see what it's saying? I run with purpose. I, I have a plan. I've got a purpose. There's a reason. I'm not just singing in the rain. I got an unction. Anybody ever have an unction? Help me, somebody. Sometimes then you just feel like the enemy is just pushing you down. But something inside says, I'm had it. I'm done. I'm not going to go down anymore. Somebody get an unction. I don't want to just go through the motions. My body wants to do what it should not do, but I discipline it like an athlete, training it to do what it should. I'm not talking about self-discipline. I'm talking about spirit discipline. God helps me by his spirit, keep my body in line with his word. So I run with purpose in every step. If I've learned anything in the last year or so, it's, you know, so many times I feel like I've been just like kind of shooting in the dark, if that makes any sense. That's almost as much as winking at a girl in a dark room. She can't see it. You know, so let's shoot with purpose. Let's let's aim at something. If we aim at nothing, we're going to hit it. We're, we're not going to we're not going to do anything. When you get this, you're going to decide I'm choosing what I want most over what I want now. I'm saying no to some of the food that I would just eat anytime I was offered because I have something that I want more than what I want now. I'm saying no to a financial temptation. Oh, I'd love to have another car right now. I would. But I'm not going to go in debt because I want something more than what I want right now. Help me. 
I'm saying yes to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I'm saying yes to raise my children to become the next generation of world changers. I'm saying yes to God. I'm going to do whatever you call me to do. God is directing me and ordering my steps. Every one of my steps now is done with purpose. The Spirit of God leading me in all that I do. You know, convenience is a, is a wonderful thing, but it also is something that, you know, it makes everything it's just more convenient. Oh, it's just more convenient. Could you park a door closer? Park a door. Park your car closer to this. Yeah, I'll park a door. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> I want to bring God glory with all that I do. Jesus lives in me. He'll give me the power to choose what matters most over what I want now. See, my issue before wasn't that Jesus wasn't living in me. It's just I didn't take time to listen to his voice. To hear, I have a choose, choice. And so if I was listening and God says, yeah, you can choose that. You can choose that. Will you be okay? Yeah, it'll be okay. But if you can choose this, you'll be better than okay. But if I never stop to listen to it, and then I wonder why, how come this is happening here? And I, why doesn't that happen to me? Sometimes it's my own choice. Because I didn't choose what's most important over what I just needed now. Easy for you to say, preacher man. You don't have a clue. Let me just say this. Sin comes at everybody. I don't, it doesn't care what size, doesn't care what age, doesn't care anything. You know what I'm saying? The enemy doesn't care. He doesn't care. If, if, that, if that theory is like, well, it's easy for you to say because you're the pastor. Hello? Then you're saying this. It'd be so easy for Jesus because he's, he's God. So that means it was no really big sacrifice for him on the cross. Because after all, he's God. He couldn't have sinned. You need to read your Bible. We need to understand that God is saying, listen, through me, you're going to need me to make this thing work. And we need God. You're not, I'm not saying you need me. You, you know, you need God. <clears throat> I'm not always as disciplined as some of you might think. I don't know if you think that. <laughs> Sometimes my boys would fight, and I know if I was a good dad, I'd probably go there and break it up. There's times I'm just saying, listen, you guys duke it out as long as there's not too much blood. We're good. But that isn't always the way to do things, is it? Here's number two for this morning. Uh, prioritize the rest and simplify your life. Prioritize the rest and simplify your life. Sometimes you just have to prioritize what you most need to do. What's most important? In other words, make a list. Your daily list should be no more than six or seven things in a day. Some of you are like, oh, you have not seen my list. Okay. But two or three of the six or seven, what will happen if they don't get done? What if two or three, they have to get done, absolutely have to get done? Prioritize your list and simplify your life. Pick the three out of the six or the three out of the seven or the two out of the six. And, and know that the others, if you can get to them, wonderful. If you don't, no big deal. You'll reprioritize tomorrow. You'll make a new list tomorrow. But today, these things have to get done. And it'll, you'll be amazed at the pressure that comes off you. My mom and dad just moved, and he said, son, we have boxes everywhere. I said, you know what I do, Pop? He said, what? I said, he said, well, you know your mom. She just wants to, like, unload all of them today. And I can just see my mom doing that. And then she will wear herself out, and then she'll spend the next three days in bed. I'm so tired. I said, just tell her, five boxes today, that's it. He's like, what? I said, five boxes. Tell her, we're going to do five boxes. Pick five boxes, unload five boxes, 
do the, whatever you want the rest of the day. Tomorrow, do five more. He's like, that might work. <laughs> well, yeah, because you don't have to, you know, that old saying, Rome wasn't built in a day. You don't have to do everything that day. Pace yourself. What has to get done? Simplify your life. We start doing the right things. We get momentum. I get up early and spend time with God every day. Some days I wish I could sleep in, but my body just wakes up. But when I get up, it lets me know I'm disciplined. When I get up, even if it's my day off or, or whatever, it, you know, I'm disciplined. It, it makes me know I've put God first. I start thinking about him living in me. I start thinking about the things I have to do that day. And then I start saying, you know what, I need to go work out. And, and I need to keep this temple in good shape. And then I feel good about myself once I work out, which leads to a good attitude. And then I feel better about myself because I've done that. And it helps me realize he leads me by his spirit. And it's all because I got out of bed early. Well, let's go the other route if i don't get out of bed then i'm tired i'm more irritable i'm not productive i'm out of shape not happy with myself because i didn't do anything to change it so i kind of beat myself up about that then i have to stay late because i'm too moody to get anything done because i'm too upset i speed home get stopped by a policeman try to outrun him because i'm in no mood to put up with him they barricade the road, pull me out of the car, arrest me for resisting arrest. Church is in the dilemma. Oh, why? Because I didn't get up. I'm exaggerating, obviously. <laughs> but you see my point. When God helps me choose most over what I want now, you know your bed calls you in the morning. You can have a great plan. I'm going to get up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up at the crack of dawn, and I'm going to do my Bible. I'm going to pray for an hour and a half. It's going to be glorious. And then when 6 o'clock comes, you're like, Jesus, he wants me to get my sleep because, hmm, snooze. Hmm. We all know, Mark Lowry called his bed the word. So if anybody talk, hey, can you come over? No, I'm in the word. I'd like to help you, but I'm in the word. He says he does one sit up a day. He said when he gets up, that's half. When he lays down, that's the other half. <laughs> But we need to create spiritual momentum in our life. I'm running a race, a race that really matters, one with an eternal prize. So I've got to discipline my body like an athlete. I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to ask you two questions. We've already given you our, our two points. Here's two questions, and then we'll finish this thing up. I'm going to help you prioritize and simplify. Here's question number one. What do you want most? What do you want most? And if you have a notepad or anything, write it down. If you think about it, you don't have to write it down now. You can write it down today. What do you want most? Some of you want to lose 30 pounds. You want to lose 30 pounds? Write it down. I want to be married in the near future. Write it down. I want to get close to God and I, like I used to be. Down. I need to be free from this addiction. Down. I want to be out of debt. Write it down. What do you want most? We talked about a word in week one to drive the rest of our life. Week two, a thought. Last week. A statement, and that's the way I want it. Today, I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to help figure this out. A discipline that will add to your life that will help you glorify God. So question two is going to answer that. So question one is, what do you want most? Question two, what do you need to do now to have what you want most? So what do you want most? And then what do you need to do now to have what you want most? What one discipline do you need to do now that will help you get what matters most so you can glorify God?
you want to get in shape, you might need to hire a trainer. You might need to start a workout regime. Whatever you're doing. I've done that before. I've, I've helped people. They've hired me. That's fine. That's great. That's good. But whatever you want, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to put some action with that. You're going to have to create a habit with that. Maybe you want to, you know, I want to get closer to God, so I want to do a devotion, but I want to do it so other people can keep me accountable. So, so maybe you can grab some people from your small group and said, hey, we, you know, let's do a devotion together. Let's meet once a week or let's meet, you know, however you want to do it. I don't know. But you might need to figure that out. Maybe you're like, I, don't, I haven't got a small group. Well, join one. We've got them that meet throughout the week. And there's going to be more that are coming here in just the next few weeks. Right, I want to, but I, I'm scared. What do you want most? Because scared is going to keep you back to where you are now. This could be your best year ever. What do you want most and what are you going to do to get what you want most? Maybe you need to stop him hoeing around. Put God first in your life and begin to tithe. Well, I will tithe. I, I've tithed once. No, I'm talking about consistently. Maybe you need to commit to a date night with your spouse once a week and just reconnect. We just, I just need to spend more time. Maybe you need to pray with your kids every day and commit to being the parent that God wants you to be. Start a habit. What are you going to do? What's your plan? Maybe you need to get off Facebook and get on Facebook. Ask God, what does he want most for you to do now so later you can enjoy that big difference? You don't have to be as much spirit or self-disciplined as spirit-disciplined. You see, my one word was together. Scripture was Joshua 1, 5. I will walk with God, not ahead of him. And my discipline is just the things that he has told me to be obedient, to protect those, to be consistent. One small thing that most of you won't see will result in a very big thing that many will see, and they'll say, how did you do that? Does that make sense? Because what people don't see what you're doing now, I'm, listen to me, I'm trying to get this to you. What they don't see what you're doing now, the disciplines, the small ones you're doing now, let me say this, you're not doing it for them to see it, you're doing it for God to get glory. But because you're putting God first, he's going to get the glory. They will see it and say, how did you do that? Small things, big difference. You see, to, to others, it's like, ah, that's nothing. But to you, it's personal. Because this is your journey. This is your walk. How will that make a difference, Brad, if you follow what God says? Well, if I'm in better shape, I'll have more energy and strength to do what he's called me to do. I'll show his glory by being disciplined and fit. I'll be a better husband and a father. She'll kiss me more. Okay. I can love Kim and the kids out of the overflow of my heart instead of what's left over. That was a joke. She kisses me fine. A better example of my kids, just saying, a better example of my kids and my grandkids will be like, oh, man, you don't have any grandkids. I'm talking faith now. You see what I'm saying to you? My family, how much better I could hear from God and lead the church in the way he wants. What he wants most, people saved. He's going to leave the 99 to get the one. How much more effective bringing the word with fresh energy than just on fumes? It's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. One word, one thought. Words we speak. Words of life we live because that's the way we want it. Choose what we want most over what we want now because we discipline our bodies like an athlete in training. We run with purpose with every single step. 
We're spirit-disciplined. We'll be faithful in the small things. He'll trust us with the big things. It's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Would you bow your heads, please?